guys, this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard. I'd like to thank my sponsors, PML Construction, SRP Environmental, CCS Group, Make You Safe Wearable Technology, and the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group. Check out the episode notes and find their websites or contact information. Check them out and give them a call if they can help you out. Thank you for your support, guys. I sincerely appreciate it. Now on with the episode. All right, guys. Hey, happy Independence Day. This is Doug. Did I say that right? Yeah. Independence. Fucking start over. <laughs> you said that right. <laughs> you said that right. Hi, guys. This is Doug. You're listening to What's the Hazard, and this is our Independence Day episode. Happy Independence Day, everyone. Yeah. Um, I have uh, the crew recognizable. You will recognize these guys from last year, um, and we're going to do this every year until we're either was it Independence Day last time we were on? Uh-huh. I didn't even realize. It was, man. It was a year ago. We it's got together and did our, flies. our first annual, and we are doing now our second annual 4th of July Independence Day celebration podcast episode. America. All right. Yeah, Let's go. absolutely. And you got you, if you're watching on the big screen, you recognize these guys. If you're just listening, Aaron Cerrone, Chris Bryant, um, two friends of mine, two, two gentlemen who uh, – have served and continue to serve, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about what that means to be a servant, what that means to, you know, the military experience. Um, I had some guy ask me today, I was at the 7-Eleven getting like a cold drink or something. Are you a cop? (laughs) I said, why would you ask me that? Do I look like a cop? He goes, well, you're standing up pretty straight. I was like, well, that's just because my back hurts when I... (laughs) But um, so it's because I was raised right. Sorry. Yeah, you know, (laughs) make eye contact and have a firm handshake. You know, but um, so so the celebration of independence, uh, the Fourth of July. There, I've got some trivia. You're looking at the trivia. Don't look at the trivia. I I honestly was not even looking at. I was just kind of. I started with trivia last year. And uh, so we're going to start every year with trivia. Oh, my. Um, Every Independence Day, how many times does the Liberty Bell ring? Whoa. And it, and it the makes The original sense. Liberty Bell? I, well, that's what this said. It said the, and I don't even know if this is true. I didn't fact check any of this, you know. I've seen the original Liberty Bell. and It's it, got a big crack in it, right, as I understand it, it. It's a static display. I'm not sure. Do they actually ring it? Well, okay. It's got a crack in it. You're messing up the question. Just <laughs> zero. Pretend, no, that's not it. No. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so, no, no. They, they claim that they are ringing a Liberty Bell. Maybe it is just a knockoff, but there is a reason for the number. Think One about, year for every year that we've been an independent nation. No, that's a great guess. Damn. No. About 13. 13. For the it is 13, 13 for, for the, the colonies. colonies. Just, exactly, oh. It is a significant number. Yeah. So, apparently, they ring the Liberty Bell. 13 times on Independence Day. That was just a guess. But uh, there are just a certain number of significant. I'd like to go to that one year. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be nice. That'd be very I do want to spend the fourth in Boston one year. I really do. Cool. The, the and where's the bell? Is that in Philadelphia? Philadelphia. Yeah, the bell. Boston would be cool. Yeah, I want to do a fourth in Boston. See the, Absolutely. Stuff, the Constitution out on the water and. Just mm-hmm. kind of really, you know, that's the cradle of liberty for America's Boston. Mm-hmm. I, and I, then, you know, obviously Philadelphia and how important it was with yeah. Independence Hall and Liberty Bell and all that. I, I took my sons to uh, D.C. back before it became the place that it is. <laughs> you know, I was going to, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to make this. And, and um, we had a great time. It was great. You know, Washington, D.C. was just alive with energy and we went to all the smithsonian institutes and we went to the different museums and we went to see the constitution Mm. to look at those documents and they they basically herd you in and it's just a moving procession you don't get to stop and stand and look at it and study it as you had hoped you literally walk by in a pack that you can't stop the momentum of the pack, and then you just glance over and hope to catch a glimpse of it. Yeah. And I was really disappointed by that. You don't get the chance to actually be in yeah, its presence. Yeah, I get it, you know? but I don't get it. Just the number of people are trying to get they're, through. They're just and my understanding is through. it's deteriorating due to the light. Like mm. it's in like a glass. It's in like it a is. green glass and a special gas inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they only let it out. It's <laughs> sounds terrible. <laughs> let it out. Like you know what I mean? They only expose the it out. to light for a certain number yes. of hours a day because the light is deteriorating. I think yeah. it is. Parchment man. or whatever paper that it was mm-hmm. written on. I think it is. I, I think, and those things are not, 
you know, they're not permanent. You know, they are, they're, they're eventually going to deteriorate, unfortunately. You know, hopefully somebody wrote it down. Yeah, I will say I went to D.C. Oh, my senior year in college. We went down there. A bunch of us hopped in a car just on a week a weekend trip. And I, I will say those monuments are nothing short of impressive. Oh, they're fantastic. They are, I think the Jefferson Memorial is my favorite. Mm-hmm. But you, you get up there and you're like, wow, okay, that that's impressive. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know. Um, it, they are impressive. Yeah, you know, and, and you go to the Vietnam War Memorial and you just, and then, um, it, it's impressive. Like it's something that it should be on a bucket list. You should go without question. And, it's and, unfortunate that the city itself is well, and then you know, difficult. You start to get into the controversy around the monuments and who the yeah. people were and all that jazz. But it, you know, at the end of the day, it's like okay, yeah. This, I mean, we're such a young country. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have impressively old buildings. We don't right. have castles right. uh, and, mm-hmm. and things like that and you know so the, those monuments are pretty pretty impressive at the end of I, the totally day. I like the korean one you actually when you're standing there and the soldiers are walking the scenery is them yeah. walking through some that, that one's fairly new isn't it, it is it's relatively, relatively new i don't think yeah. that was built when i went down but there. when you're there you feel like you're walking with them mm-hmm. yes pretty, because it is a troop or a company uh, of guys a company and... or a platoon of folks kind of walking through a bush mm-hmm. area or maybe even a rice paddy type thing i don't know whatever they're walking through it and mm-hmm. it's so realistic when you're and they're there. life-size life-size oh, yeah. figures maybe even a little uh, larger a little than life-size larger. and the other one that just blows me away is the world war ii the massive complex with mm-hmm. all the different states, uh, the, yeah. the big pillars that are around the World War II one is really big, I believe. And it deserves to be big. It does. Yeah. And I think you know, Bob no Dole doubt. may have had a big part in getting that. There's a lot key right. players in Washington yeah, at the they're... time that really got that massive project done. It's super impressive. I but, agree. And, and then and, obviously Arlington. We can't forget about Arlington, yeah, too, that's, you know, across the river. So. And you go watch the changing of the guard at the Tomb yeah. of the Unknown and watching that. And we were there watching, and it's very solemn and very dignified. And then I hear there's always some, some asshole over there, yeah. like, taking pictures or saying something. And the guard, yeah, the guard stopped the procession and dressed that person down, man. And they should. The spectator yeah. will remain silent during, you know, or whatever. And man, we were all like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah. Guys yeah. carrying, you know, oh, it yeah. was um, as of as of course people do. Okay. So speaking quick. of trivia, I'll give you some trivia. So you were at the Korean War Memorial. Yeah. Do you know what's unique about the Korean War? That it's still going on. There, there's. N- it's never been ended. It's never been ended. Really. It I technically has never been yeah. ended. There was a there was a ceasefire, and that was it. Yeah. Really. I didn't know that. Interesting. The enemy is among us. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I think it's just from a legal standpoint, uh, it's never ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't believe there, there's never been an end to it. There's never been uh, a surrender or anything. Wow. Yeah. yeah so I did not that, know that. Yeah, it's, interesting. It, it's still under, I think, technically a ceasefire. That's why there's that DMZ sitting there and. Yeah, they just squared off, at and they're each just other staring at the each other, we'll yeah. just, taking shots. We at agree each other. to disagree, and we're just gonna yeah. hang tight for now. Hey, as right. long you know, as it's peaceful, years later, man. Seven you years can stare later. at each other all you want. I don't care. Let's just keep it peaceful. Yeah, man. keep it peaceful. Yeah. All right. Question number two: Which president was born on July fourth? Whoa. Recent or older? Um, older. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, it's I, a I good. couldn't even be sure to guess. I'm gonna take a guess. You got like. 45, 6, 46 <laughs> chances. I'm going to say Grant. Well, that's a good guess. It is not. Calvin Coolidge. Coolidge. Was born wow. July 4th, 1872. Wow. Calvin that... Coolidge. I don't know what he did. I'm not a student of. Uh, I think that's he... the beauty of his presidency <laughs> is that he didn't do a lot. He didn't do anything really stupid. Let's just keep going on and going on. Yeah. Now, obviously, we there's always been issues here in this yeah. great land. Um, well, that was certainly, you know. I don't think he really did a lot, and that's why people are like, "Hey, good job, man." Yeah, we didn't he try was, to reinvent so he, the he world. He must have been president yeah. in the early 1900s if he was I, born in 1872 I, I am, or mid. I will plead and admit to ignorance when it comes yeah. to I, you know. There's those people that can name their presidents right sure, and yeah. and I couldn't do it. No, it I saved my life. I can name maybe the last few and the first few and a couple I, in between. I don't remember the last. But few. I think Some the ones who came after why. him made up for the lack of him doing anything, especially uh, <laughs> especially with the creation of the Federal Reserve right. and launching into World War One. Oh yes, you know uh, yeah. Wilson. You know, there's a lot of people in America that look very negatively upon that time period where mm-hmm. we became 
the central bank of the Federal Reserve um, started trying to be the police of the world at yeah. that moment. So a yeah. lot changed then. So maybe that's why they like Coolidge. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it was maybe probably the was last peaceful guy. guy we may have had. <laughs> right, I don't exactly. know, but it didn't take long after that. All right, we here, became the world policeman. So Here's my last trivia question. Okay. This one probably is the one I was the most likely to actually get correct. On the fourth, what food is most commonly consumed? Hot dogs. Hot dogs. I'm going Bingo. With hot dogs. Hot dogs hot it dogs. is. Don't we have the hot dog eating championship oh, that's yes. coming up? It has it on for, that's yeah, on the fourth. Yeah. On the fourth of July. Yeah. It's Joey Chestnut, Nathan's, right? Yeah, Nathan's <laughs> shoving ninety-six hot dogs in his it's mouth. Insane to me. It's just painful to watch that to me. It's it just is painful. painful. <laughs> like, so let's all tune in. <laughs> so let's all watch this pain. Right? Well, let's <laughs> well, let's start off by talking a little bit about service. In all in all seriousness, I know that. You know, uh, both of you guys have served and continue to serve in a number of different ways, the way you've chosen to live your lives. And I'd like to hear just a little bit about service and why you perhaps chose military, military service. And, you know, yeah, how that how you came to that? Was that a family business? Is it just a calling that you felt? Um, was it a job opportunity? I mean, I'd be interested in just hearing a little bit about it. You don't have to get into great detail. But just something about why. And then I know personally that both of you continue to serve. And so, you know, it must be something about your character or the way you were raised or something, I'm assuming. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's a, a clean answer to it. I think a lot of people that enter the military. Now, there are some people who enter the military specifically for career, specifically for to get college paid for. Right? And, I, and I understand that. But I think those who enter to serve or feel that calling to serve probably couldn't really pinpoint why it's mm-hmm. just, it's just something that you kind of feel like you need to do and want to do. You know, I grew up, my, my parents were older. Uh, my dad was the youngest of six. So all of my aunts and uncles were much older, but that was a generation where when you graduated high school, you, you just, everybody just went in. Everybody did their two, three year hitch went in. So I had an uncle that didn't was in the army. One was the Navy, one was air force. Um, so, you know, that was just kind of what you did. Everybody, graduate you went and served and then came back and got a job yeah this kind of was just Mm -hmm. and this is pennsylvania yes pennsylvania you know blue collar pennsylvania Mm -hmm. that was just kind of the norm everybody almost everybody did a hitch right Mm -hmm. did did a hitch and which is funny because um we had an american legion in our town and never had a membership problem Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because because everybody served right to some degree at some point Mm -hmm. and of course as my generation came along and and college became more the push and more the norm fewer and fewer people started uh, going directly yeah Yeah, going directly and or at least doing uh, a little bit of time uh you know for me i I don't know i think it was just an extension when you grow up doing team sports and you always kind of got like this team first mentality and you know that to me that's just kind of an extension of it you know um you know, I was never one to want to take accolades for myself. Uh, to this day, if you go to my gym, you don't see my name anywhere or any on any of the stuff like that, which is, from his perspective, was probably a, a bad thing, right? right. But um, that was just kind of how I was raised. You know, it was team first, and, you know, you put the team for yourself. You did what you needed for the team to win. And, um, you know, the military just is a natural extension of that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way I look at it. And, you know, and I, I don't know what to say is even within the military now, you know, you, you think you take the approach of, well, um, if you just fall in line, do what you're told um, and then and work hard and your talent will be recognized. And, you know, don't worry about taking credit. You're, and of course, from a career perspective, that's not how you make it. That's not how you make your way up and make your way up the company ladder and whatnot. You know, so there's that dichotomy, I think, that people who are called to service uh, suffer in a way. Um, from, you know, the career accolades and the the movement up the mm-hmm. company ladder because you just naturally, I think, don't take credit for stuff. You just naturally, we did, you're not there we for did this, right? We did this, or you're part of the team. It was a team effort, you said, and the other thing. Um, so I think, you know, people that truly serve, you know, when you ask them why, they probably, I would bet they probably don't have a clean answer yeah. you know, as, as mm-hmm. to why. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, There's a lot to unpack what Aaron just said there, and I actually love it. I love the team concept of it. I believe, you know, being a team player in sports growing up certainly was a factor that said, I'll I'll be a good fit in the the military because of that teammanship. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was one of the other one is this call to serve that he just mentioned. And that's that's a big one there. I, I believe some of us I don't know what happens. It could just be. 
it, it could just be a revelation that happens in your life, but you feel like, you know, I, I, I should give back. Some people say, I want to give back and I want to be a school teacher. I want to help kids, to, to, you know, help them with their education. Some people want to give back and serve this country because of all these wonderful privileges that that we've had growing up here and, and, and continue to have in some aspects. But uh, I was just grateful for being an American. I was grateful to grow up in a land of liberty, and I wanted to eventually give back. And also I wanted to get something from the military too, not college education money, but I wanted to mature. I wanted to learn leadership. I wanted to learn how to function in a tight unit. Uh, all of these things that I think that would help me in my, uh, mm-hmm. my, my occupational world. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I'm done, but I'll be honest with you, man, in high school, when they came in and asked us to take the ASFAB, I was like laughed at the dude. I'm like, dude, <laughs> man, I'm the last guy you're going to have. Another. Look at my hair, dude. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and so, uh, lo and behold, two yeah. years later, I'm, I'm at the MEP station yep. and, and I'm signing up, man. And, um, and it was a big moment in life. Yeah. It's a big moment. A like having children. Oh, it's a, well, the thing is, it's that service that, that Aaron just talked about. What, what you're doing when you go into the military is this. You are putting your dreams and aspirations on hold so other people in this country can live theirs. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, man. You mm-hmm. are a selfless servant. You're giving up your hopes and dreams to be some big giant lawyer or some YouTube star or whatever you want to do. But you put that on hold because you're not going to stand out in the military. You're going to be part of this unit mm-hmm. and an integral spoke in that wheel. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you get to shine by being a compliant sure. person, following your orders, giving back to the community. I know right. all the military expects you aptitude. to volunteer wherever you're stationed. Mm-hmm. You're just not just going to come here and serve mm-hmm. your country. You're going to come serve your community, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they want you to be a volunteer firefighter or do something that helps out in the community. And mm-hmm. So I just think the military service is... Well, I don't want to say it should be compulsory. I was going to ask that. Should it be compulsory? I mean, I wonder sometimes. I've, I've gone back and forth on this over the decades. Yeah, me too. I've gone back and forth on it. I've got, I got mm-hmm. friends from other countries where there's mandatory military service, mm-hmm. and, and I, 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 see, I see the benefits of that. I think, uh, to Chris's point, 18 years old, you, know, you don't know your butt from a hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a couple of years of service would do a lot of people a lot of good. Mm-hmm. You know, And you come out and you're 20, 21, you can still go to college. It, you know, e- even kids, you know, me working at the university, you know, people ask me about college. And I'll be like, you know, just go to Metro for your see if you're even built for college. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the military would do a lot for a lot of maturing. Absolutely. Um, figuring out what you want in life. Give you some perspective. Get out of your house. Get out of your circle of friends and, and go see some different things get around different people one thing the military did for me i grew up small town pennsylvania and you're very insulated when you grow up in a small town uh, especially in the 70s and 80s when we, there was no internet um right. you know no cell phones so you you know outside of your town you, you really your know what the hell is yeah. going on yeah. in the world and and i go out to the academy and i'm meeting kids from all different states i'm just like oh, i was just like what i'm an you know you just you feel like an idiot because right. you're just like man i didn't no, this was out here. Yeah. And California is just a rumor. Geez, you know, so um, <laughs> Pennsylvania. So, so I think the, the, if there's one thing the military does that expose exposes you to yeah. um, the world and exposes you to, um, again, uh, a, a structured discipline environment that helps you mature and grow up. Mm-hmm. And then you can figure out your career aspirations and goals after that. What, um, where, where, I don't mean to interrupt you, but where, what, where have you been? Where has the, yeah. where did the military take you good and bad? I mean, what kind of, because yeah. I've been to Kansas, Missouri, you know, did you get any farther than that? I mean, I've been, I mean, I, we, I was in a very high deployment uh, squadron. So I was Asia, Pacific Rim, yeah. Europe, Middle East, mm-hmm. Africa. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. You know, all over the And place. you saw the, uh, you were below the water in all of those places. I got to see what was underneath everything. <laughs> right, yeah, you, know? right. you go to Manhattan, you enjoy downtown New York, Manhattan. I'm like, I get to go and dive underneath all the lower end and look mm-hmm. under all those piers because we got some VIP from a country that's visiting. Mm-hmm. And, we, and the Secret Service doesn't have their own bomb techs. So they use the four branches of the military mm-hmm. and they hire them or dispatch them out to do the security sweeps and all that before the dignitary shows up but man i've been a lot of places so um it's not just my military time though it's uh all that time with the corps of engineers yeah and uh, all the environmental remediation and safety work going on there i've been in 49 states for 
each of those 49 has spent at least a week in each state. So, um, in 12 countries. Now, out of that, <clears throat> I probably had the most fun in Germany. Mm. Yeah. I had a lot of fun in Germany. I don't Germany want to talk did. about the details of that, but I had a lot of fun in Germany. They know how to do a festival. They know yeah. how to yeah, do they, a festival. Yeah. And yeah. I, went to, uh, I went to Manchester, England for a while uh, during the holidays. And to really see them, the, the, the old market with the, you know, the Christmas caroling where people mm -hmm. just kind of goes to the town square. I thought it was just very old school and Christmassy. Mm -hmm. And fantastic. And I was yeah. like, man, we don't do anything like this. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a parade and it's all commercialism and stores. Sure. Mm -hmm. And it's just a completely different um, <laughs> realm. So I, I've, I got to see the world and That's that was cool. great. You know, it made me worldly in a degree. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you're still, also a small town guy. I'm a small Louisiana. town guy, two, three thousand people. Um, yeah. Across the river was a town of about 25. But, you know, just rural America. But ultimately, um, I learned a lot. I grew up a lot. And maturity. Yeah. Maturity mm -hmm. is what I got the most out of mm -hmm. it. But a sense of service to say, you know, there's a lot of privileges and, and freedoms that are bestowed upon us and given to us, depending on which one you're talking about, rights or privileges. But either way, um, and I'm thankful for that. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful to grow up in the land of liberty. And I'm proud to be an American. Um, I'm not too happy with our government and the people that are at, at the positions of power within it yeah. uh, and the things they do, regardless of party. Regardless, regardless of, party. of party, this is not a politics thing. This is a mm -hmm. societal issue mm -hmm. we have right now. And I believe that most of the people in this country feel that there may not be as many privileges and 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 that that used to enjoy mm -hmm. back, uh, say, 40, 50 years ago. And yeah. so um, I think that weighs on people. I think people are just everybody just seems tired. We're working yeah. ourselves really hard. Uh, our employers are having a hard time finding folks, and, and, and it's got to get people reinvigorated. Mm -hmm. We need to get fired sure. up and, and be proud of who we are. Totally. And let's unite together. And, and those days, are just I'm, I, I pray for them. Mm -hmm. I really do. You know, Chris, you just says something. Be proud of who we are. You know, traveling the world. You know, when I hear people get talking about the United States and pissing and moaning and bitching about this and bitching about that. I always go, you've clearly never left. Because mm -hmm. when you travel the world and you get to other countries, you, you quickly realize, okay, mm -hmm. I understand what we have here now. And I understand to your point, the rights, the privileges, the freedoms, the opportunities. But I, I will say this, when I noticed, you know, regardless of what country I went to, and, and it's, it's a good handful and, and you get out and you start, um, for lack of a better term, meeting with the locals and interacting and, and being a teacher as well. I got to talk to a lot of exchange students as mm -hmm. well and the pride they have in their country is amazing compared to Americans. Yeah. It, it, it's night and day, regardless of how bad their living situation is. They're so proud of their heritage of their country and their culture. And I think that's one thing we've lost that they are and we're losing which i find more frightening than anything um you know the whole idea of proud to be an american i, I think has waned tremendously and, and and i see that in the military as well you oh know, wow our i've been out a long time so you've you know, been around them a lot more the, <clears throat> the the military the person in the military right now you gotta understand we have a generation now that's that's been coming into the military for the last 15 20 years and and if you think about the last few generations, you know, my, my parents' generation, our parents' generation, the boomers, it was, you know, service before self. But now you have some generations coming in that are self before service, the very me-centric generation. I'm, I'm broad brushing here, right? Sure. I'm not, not pigeonholing all of them. But you see that. You see that in the military. You know, you made a comment. When you sign up to serve, you're putting your life and your aspirations on hold. Not so much anymore. Oh. Right. It's, you know, it's still, I'm just, I'm still want to do my own thing. I'm serving, but I still want to do my own thing. I'm still, um, have my career aspirations. I'm still making moves to about me. Is this mm -hmm. a reduction, Aaron, in loyalty, a reduction in commitment? What, what, where's the fall off? What, what's the word to describe where we're falling off here? I think we, as, as a society, we have a massive accountability problem right now. Oh, okay. Massive. Here we go. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and I see that in the military. I see how the military is being run. I see, you know, the type of people in the military. Um, I'm not saying it's gone to hell in a handbasket, but you see the change. You know, I'm 20, I'm 27 and some change years now. So I've got 
you know, almost 30 years of perspective mm. on what it was like when I've, and, it, and it's not always harder when I was in, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about right. the culture and the dynamic and um, expectations is yeah. what I'm talking about. And um, you, you can see the difference. You can definitely see the difference. And I think that that's just a, a mimic, a reflection of society in itself. Well, think about Even this. at the academies now, I went back for my 25th reunion a few years back and I kind of walked around going, what is this place? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Well, think about it as, as far as this drop off that may be occurring. Think about this generation that you just mentioned that's mm-hmm. entering a service. I'm just saying, I'm, and don't get me wrong, I'm not dogging on the but, generation. But There's happened, not a bad generation. Well, what's right? happened in their what lifetime to make them really pro America? What has happened in this group that's coming in that's made them? When I grew up, there were a few significant things that happened that really made me patriotic. Number one, the 200th anniversary of this country, 1976. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere or see a product on the shelf that wasn't red, white, and blue mm-hmm. that year. I remember. The bicentennial was a massive thing, and I was eight. It was very impressionable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, wow, not too long after that, four years later, we had this rallying of the country over this Olympic team that beat the Russians in hockey. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal, man. Still. With the whole country rallied together. Yeah, I remember we had this that guy too. named Bruce Jenner back in the day. He was everybody's hero. Oh, he was Wheaties like the box. greatest. Yeah. Greatest. Oh, yeah. He was on the Wheaties box. I mean, these the most are legendary iconic yeah, figures yeah. that really showed Americanism. Mm-hmm. What has this generation had? Well, since I, 9/11? I think I think it's since nine eleven. It's almost um, yeah. It, it's almost uh, I don't want to say passe, but it, it's. It's cool to be un-American. It almost feels like, right? It's very in vogue to be un-American right now in, in a lot of cases. You know, how, like how many people do you see, um, again, right to free speech, right to assemble, right to express yourself however you want. But growing up, how many people did you hear of kneeling for the national anthem? Oh, my. None. I, I never even heard of it. No. Mm-hmm. But it now, it's, now it's a regular thing. Sure. Now, your ability to protest, I get it. Yeah, but this is like there's a time and a place for everything. I never heard of it growing up. I never even mm-hmm. the default never even crossed my mind. Once in a while, you heard of a flag burning, like, but that was the, by far the exception in the rule. But it, it's almost commonplace now for people not to stand for a national anthem for to kneel during it. Yeah, um, you know, and it, what makes me laugh is you, you're protesting the symbol of the very thing that allows you to protest, which that blows my mind to begin mm-hmm. with. Uh, so I, it's a lack of perspective there but I, I would never take that ability away from somebody sure but i'm confused by it because it's like you understand what you're protesting right yeah. you're processing the, the symbol the very thing that's a, giving you the freedom the opportunity to do mm-hmm. that okay hey you want to protest the police fine go stand out in front and do whatever you want to do with, with the police department this that and the other thing but yeah. when you start protesting the flag um, I, I think you're losing perspective on what's allowing, you, what's allowing you to do right. that and, and what went into allowing that, right? And, yeah, sure, you can get into the military-industrial complex and maybe the United States is meddling in places it shouldn't be, but it is what it is. Like, we have the rights, the freedoms, and the opportunities, large in part, of where we are geographically located and the fact that our military is what it is and it allows us to safe keep and guard those things right yeah. the world i mean think about the world if we had not gotten involved in world war ii i mean think about that yeah for half a second and you're gonna go oh, okay and if you don't understand that perspective then then you really need to read up a little bit you really need to understand your history and understand what was happening at the time and, and the goals uh, of those, some of those other leaders at the mm-hmm. time, what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And had we not stepped up, you know, we'd be maybe living in a much different world right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, That's an interesting concept. And I, we were talking about history before we even started. And you brought some, yeah, some brought- reading and some books that you're fond of that you think are useful. Um, I, I, I don't know that people really understand history very well anymore. Or if it's even, I don't think they care. If they even have access to Because yeah. it doesn't history. support. A current narrative. It's not. It's not on the what they narrative. Want, what they yeah. want to believe. It's what they're fed. Yeah. But sometimes you have to feed yourself. Right. And so obviously the books. I'm very, very picky about what I read. Um, 
I want to make sure that I'm reading something that hasn't been censored and filtered. And or, I thought that or this, less than a thousand pages. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> right. This is probably one of the best comprehensive history books of this country that, um, as a matter of fact, I believe, and I wasn't, I didn't listen to this guy often, but I believe this was a source book for Rush Limbaugh when he was alive. Is there, is he, there a he podcast talks about for these? This. Is anybody doing this? Uh, I know that there are history podcasts. Yeah, there's I, a. Uh, I listen to. Yeah, is there a movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I need the movie. It's uh, what is it? Wall builders. They typically wallbuilders.com. Okay. They, they typically stick uh, closely to patriotism and uh, a faith that founded this country, and so uh, this actually came from that website. Uh, one mm -hmm. of their authors. The great stories in here. Great stories. One of the ones right off the bat is uh, even before we were a country, uh, the Spanish uh, were down in the Caribbean and they were enslaving the South Americans and Caribbeans. And there was a, a priest who basically stuck his neck out on the line and scolded the entire unit and everybody that was there that what they were doing was evil. And so these are some great stories about even mm -hmm. as as settling this great land uh, from Western Europeans. Uh, we've got some ugliness about it, too, and this book kind of calls sure. out where we weren't being very – we were lawless. Mm -hmm. We were law – the country was lawless, right. or at least some people were lawless, and they certainly were unrighteous. Mm -hmm. And so uh, these two books are probably two of my favorites right here. Mm -hmm. Now, in regards to what Aaron was talking about, if you're not happy and you think things can change, well – well, we see a lot of destruction over the last, say, decade. We've seen a lot of rioting. We've seen a lot of protesting that gets ugly and stuff. But I would say, you know, if you're not happy with what's going on in the world, or especially in our country, well, what are you going to do about it? And um, this might be a good read for you. It's one of more America's more famous authors, Henry uh, David Thoreau, Civil Disobedience. This is a nonviolent way to get people's attention that put in charge and um, – you might want to look, take a look at that. He was actually put in jail because he refused to pay for the War of 1812. He says, I'm not paying taxes for murdering of other people. Mm -hmm. It's ungodly. And mm -hmm. so they locked him up in prison. One of America's greatest authors locked up in prison because he refused to pay the taxes on murdering other people. Mm -hmm. And so there's some, been some uh, historical record out there that if we could just get off of our cell phones at Angry Birds – and pick up some good books, <laughs> right? Then I think we might be yeah. better stewards and citizens. Oh no doubt, I citizenship, one hundred percent. And and I yeah, think you know, totally Doug brought agree. up history that you know, by no means are we a perfect country, nor will we ever be. We're we're still you know, in the grand scheme of it, we're a very young country, mm -hmm. right? Barely nine two hundred fifty years old. Like we're not. When when you when you think of other nations been around for thousands and tens of thousands of years, we're a very young country, and yeah, we have a dark past. We yep. do. Now, let's understand, it's not near as dark as some other countries. And we corrected course really quick when you think about it. If you think mm -hmm. about from the time we became a nation, 1776, to when we abolished slavery, we did that within 100 years. That's nothing short of mind-blowing when you think of the grand scheme of how long nations have been around. Yeah. And, 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 the, and then, the, and then the civil rights movement within the next hundred years. I mean, it is mind blowing what, what we've done as a country and we forget that. And, and mm -hmm. I think we forget that and things like this can remind us of that. And I, and I tell their people too, you know, when you say, what are you going to do about it? You know, go somewhere else for a while. That's a good one. And then you're mm -hmm. going to realize the United States is pretty freaking good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people all Worth the time, saving, there, there's no such thing as an American immigrant. You don't see lines of Americans trying to get in any other country. That's a but, good point. But there are lines of people mm -hmm. trying to come here yeah. mm -hmm. for good reason, mm -hmm. right? For mm -hmm. good, from all countries for good reason. You, there, you never see a mass exodus of Americans going anywhere else, but you see it from other countries coming mm -hmm. here. Why? Mm -hmm. If it's that bad, why? Right. Why is it that you – know, this always makes me – it makes me angry, but it makes me laugh. Is why is it Americans are always pissing and moaning about how bad it is, <laughs> yet people are beating down the door to get in from mm -hmm. other places? Yeah. Maybe you should go to those other places and check it out. Mm -hmm. And just, I think – Just to I give you your, some perspective. Your point is well taken. I think the, uh, the fact that the country is young, relatively young, uh, the course corrections that have been made, you know, we – we live, we evaluate, we real, make realizations, we make changes.
but it seems that at the you know people that are very critical of the country seem to either not appreciate that There's no perspective or understand that. And, and I'll give and, an example. And the challenges of yeah doing I'll give so. an example I've had you know students who were Kenyan right mm -hmm. we're not not African American which they hate that term by the way I know, like they, they, do. they absolutely hate mm -hmm. it right Kenyan right immigrated here became US citizens um uh, another student was Chinese born in China wasn't actually supposed to be born because of the the, mm -hmm. the rules for for number of births so that he was born and he was hidden in the mountains with his grandmother and where he grew up came here right as, as an exchange student and you, and you talk to them and I've had honest conversations with them right and and I'll talk about racism and, and poverty and they just shake their head like they're like you freaking Americans don't <laughs> understand poverty and don't understand racism right you just don't understand it like the racism and poverty we talk about is so far on the side of the scale compared to other places. It, it's nothing short of ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, my friend Lee and I was talking about uh, the poverty gap and he, and he goes, he just laughs. He goes, Aaron, what are you talking about? He goes, there's no poor people in America. Because <laughs> poor people have phones here. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, how poor are you? He's like, what are you talking <laughs> right. about? And he goes, yeah. he goes, you want to see poor? I'll, I'll show you people. He goes, I'll show you people living on dirt floors, starving to death. Yeah. Because of the government, you know, and then, you know, I had friends from, from Kenya and, and other African nations where they'll just be like, you know, he's, they're like, people talk about not being able to walk down the street here. And he goes, it's so ridiculous. He goes, I'll take you to a place where you can't walk down the street yeah, yeah. without fear of being killed or, or you're worried about the neighboring tribe or the warlord coming over and killing everybody and raping everybody like that where it's real and it happens daily daily and they're Still like happening. they're like Still america happening. is 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 so skewed in, in perspective yeah. now again to my point earlier are we perfect do we have stuff to work on absolutely and we mm -hmm. should should we ride our leaders like there's no tomorrow to make the place better yes we should but i think i think we need to have some some understanding of of what is bad right that raises a, a, an interesting question to me um how do we ride our leaders to make change it seems i, I mean i i don't want to oversimplify it I, I you know like chris mentioned earlier i look at both parties and i feel like you know we have established this political elite group term that, limits yeah it seemed obviously term limits and maybe voluntary service or certainly you shouldn't be able to go into <laughs> public service to get rich i mean that shouldn't be the motivation possible necessarily i think uh, but term limits term limits and even, minimum wage for elected officials yeah maybe i mean yeah maybe it is not a a, a richness making enterprise it is a service enterprise it's supposed to be that's it's what it was written to be, to be wasn't it that's what it was written to be the, the, is, the founding fathers never had an intention for um uh, this career permanent elite class career politics it was never the intention it was you would go represent and come back and go back to work yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how do we will that ever happen is it within our power as the huddled masses to move this it, it has to be voted on by the I think the only way is politicians, if, right? I mean, you get a president that's been elected and then we'll push the issue once in office. Um, we'll push a term limit issue. Um, we'll push a change in just because you, for example, you serve one term, you get pension for life. Mm -hmm. um, you got to take away the monetary incentive. You got to get the money out of it mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And, and because of that, and, and, and don't get me wrong, not all politicians are bad. I don't trust any of them because I feel the majority of them don't truly represent their constituents. And why is that? Mm -hmm. What's the root cause of what's I happening the in money. D.C.? Thank the you. The money. Money. Mm -hmm. It's all about the currency. It's all about the money. It's all about wealth. It's all about standard of living. And they have found a way. I always said in class, it says, what's the quickest way to wealth in America? It ain't inventing an app or winning the lotto. It's get elected. Mm -hmm. get elected if you i don't care what you get elected for you're in the system now you're in the pipeline in as the long north. as you follow your marching orders we'll keep your money flowing then you can go and buy your next election well, from mm -hmm, funding sure. it's yeah. all about the money this this whole concept of currency 
has led to some massive issues around this planet through its entire history mm -hmm. because of the power of it. And I don't know how to break that. You know, I, I do things around my hometown and I do it for bartering. bartering no one trade. exchanging money. Mm -hmm. Every time we exchange money, then somebody is going to have their hand out in that piece of the pie. But if I'm trading you five chickens mm -hmm. for all the sweet corn I'll need for the year, that's how I do business. Mm -hmm. I take the government out of the equation. I try. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think you see but it. Everywhere. It can't maintain a living that way. And that's right. the problem. How do we get out of this maintain a living? I, how's this going to change, Doug? I think it's going to take an act of God. Yeah. And I hope that act of God isn't a thermonuclear war or right. a famine or another, some kind of pandemic. I don't know. Complete but crash of the economy. You, when you got yeah. 8 billion people on the planet, that's a hard redo. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to redo. That is. And these systems are anchored and entrenched. And um, I just I prescribe to a, a philosophy called noncompliance. I don't comply with lots of edicts. Mm -hmm. And so my congregation says, Chris, you are a resistor. I said, you daggum right I am. I'm a resistor of all these man-made things. I look toward the heavens for things to steer me in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, get out of the secular world as much as I can. That's why that property is very important. Mm -hmm. Life, liberty, and property. That's exactly what it said at the beginning. We changed it. But here's how it works. God created man. Man creates society. Society creates governments. Government, sure. And governments create nations. You take that list, flip it upside down. That's our, important, our priority list. Nation, your country, fly your flag. It takes precedence on the stage, even over God's flag, according to our code. So we've put nation, government, society, individual liberty, and God in that order. Mm -hmm. It used to be the other way around. God, individual liberty, making up a good free society who creates a government at the will of people, and then they have a nation. We have flipped this, and it is destroying us. Yeah. Yeah. And so for individuals to be able to do that, to, you know, try to live and exist without those constraints, certainly the financial monetary constraints, is really hard, man. It's challenging. You're, you're committed to the rat race, and it's tough to get out of it. It's tough to get out of it. It's tough to get out of it. You know, I find the older I get, you know, you always say the older you get, the more crotchety you get. But <laughs> but, but I find myself, to, to Chris's point, I find myself, the older I get, I, I find myself saying, uh, I'm not gonna. Mm -hmm. More and more all the time. I'm, saying, I'm, I'm just not gonna. Mm -hmm. And um, why I do that, I don't know. It's because yeah, I'm tired. Um, mm -hmm. I'm tired of you know, it's not it's not so much complying. It's just so much of just mindlessly doing things because I was told to, or because right, uh, you know that that's been the way. And like, okay, well, why? Why does it have to be like that? And Thank then you. you start making decisions based on more what you feel is right and what mm -hmm. you feel um, is truth. Uh, you know, Doug, to answer your question, you know, how to fix it. I, I agree with Chris. It's going to take something almost catastrophic. Catastrophic. Unfortunately. That's what I'm afraid of, too. No, yeah. you can you can say you can make change with your vote, but, you know, for the first time in my life, and, and it's kind of scary to me, like the United States of all places, right, of all places, right, where we have a freely elected government, for the first time I'm really questioning that. And, and that, that – mm -hmm. That's the whatever whatever too, right? side of the political spectrum we're on, that should scare the living shit out of everybody, to include the entire world. Yeah, that if the United States' elections are not free elections, and 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 it's it's getting harder and harder for me to believe at least there's not some play in that, mm -hmm. or there's some tampering in that. And and to Chris's point, it's because we've structured this in a way where it's so controlling and so powerful now that even our vote can't change it right or fix it so how does that happen and i don't know i lost confidence in my vote in 2012 mm -hmm. i just you know when obama got elected i was like okay well, let's see what see what a new person can, do, he can do here yeah. let's see what he can do but boy when after four years of just reading about the entire country complaining about this whole 
their health insurance and they lost their doctor and their rates went up like 6,000 a year and everything that we were told was a lie. I'm like, well, there's no way that this person can get reelected yet. They did. And that's when I lost. I'm like, if, if, if our elections are that far gone, that that person can rewin after all of the complaining I've heard for four years, especially nobody's got any money and the housing crash and blah, 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 blah. And then get reelected. I said, something's not right. Either this is not being counted properly or it's all being manipulated. So I gave up on elections in 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder about that. And so uh, that's when I started and I've made it well known that I started my serious semi-professional prepping, Mm -hmm. which we did that preparedness Mm -hmm. one back Mm -hmm. on Labor Day last year. That happened because of that moment. Mm -hmm. Something is not on the up and up here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. I don't have ESPN and can read people's nines or whatever, but something's not right here. Mm-hmm. It's out of whack. And that's when I made the turn to start kind of, I don't want to say isolating because I still engage the public. I'm still mm-hmm. out teaching. Yeah, man. You and Absolutely. I have been busy a bit more than we have ever been. Uh, but, but when I'm, when I'm not on duty, I'm, I'm, I'm out in the woods, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I find interesting too is what, how you just described, you know, it used to be, God, individual, society. And, you know, when I grew up, it was always love thy neighbor, be neighborly. Thank you. You knew mm-hmm. everybody knew their neighbors' names. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did things for your neighbors, favor for Because you're the only one that had fireworks uh, on the 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they loved you for that. But you know what yeah. I mean? You would always. You, yeah. would, you, you were, were helping always, them out and they you know, were helping you, you not, out. Then, that was you know, the eat. old 1950s, can I borrow a cup of sugar, right? It was, can I borrow yeah. your tool? Can I borrow, like everybody was always helping each other out. And I, and I feel like now, the the underlying tone, especially from our leaders, is uh, it, it's like your your neighbor hates you, or your neighbor's against you, <laughs> right. or, or everybody's everybody's racist again all of a sudden, and, and and society's falling apart, and you know, and it's like why are we at each other's throats all yeah. of a sudden? And you know, we're, we we and, and, and who's driving that? Like who's driving that? And, you know, yeah. I, I walk around my neighborhood, and I'm just like everybody seems neighborly to each sure. other. Nobody's like. They're not I, everyone right. waves and but but yeah. I, but I feel like uh, the the tone is trying to get us to stop being like that and stop being neighborly to each other and right. stop um, being friendly and it's like no that that person's racist that person doesn't like you yeah mm-hmm. what I do that come think from that, like where'd that come yeah, from yeah I think that the government's preference at least it seems would be that we are reliant upon them rather than each other like we used to be sure you know and that all changed the government should be relying upon us right that all changed in uh primarily i think um under the uh what's his name the the great depression the roosevelt the the new deal great deal Mm -hmm. the new deal Mm -hmm. the new deal that's when we really started usher in a lot of socialist policy uh policy and being so security truly is a socialist policy Uh, absolutely all of those all of these socialist type things actually came in not after not long after world war one and wilson Mm-hmm. With that federal, so this is where we kind of started to get this whole big brother is truly mm-hmm. well. I, I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to say it. Government has now become God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. taking the place in our. In, and I almost threw up yeah. a little bit saying that. Yeah, but it's it's true. Uh, well, now we play into this a little bit too, Aaron. We we listen to this stuff that comes into our heads telling us that we don't get along and we're not waving each other and then what do we do we just go retreat behind our privacy fences on our back deck but when i was a kid we all sat on the front porch and waved at everybody that came 100%. by and you still have nobody that in your community so the best way to come at, to peace to what's going on mm-hmm. if you're not satisfying it is you need to get your world and make it as local as possible mm-hmm. get out of the macro and get into the local because what truly counts is your community your family uh, maybe even your county, mm-hmm. uh, your church, all the local things in your life. You want some peace of mind? Keep it local. Mm-hmm. You want to be driving crazy, crazy? Start getting worldly. <laughs> start thinking on the good yeah, It's global. funny you say that. I can't think of, I'm, I'm picturing my hometown, I can't think of a single privacy fence. Now, you had a fence, but it was chain linked to keep a dog in. Sure. But right. I can't, I can't, I don't but think it was open. A, you could see through it. Privacy. Now, you know, safety rules. If you have a pool, you have a six foot fence, you know, safety sure. was kind of out the window when we were growing yeah, up. There right. wasn't any safety measures for we everything. Jumping in the neighbor's <laughs> but, pool. But, your, but to your point, <laughs> it's like everybody, you know, you could leave your car on the sidewalk, on the side of the road. 
unlocked, windows down, yeah. you didn't have to worry about oh, it. My grandmother never like locked that. her house out in Hershey, Nebraska. The yeah. door was never locked. Even if you went on vacation, somebody might need to get in and get that cup of sugar. So oh, right. they didn't lock anything. It was, and I, you know, I don't think that's practical anymore, but I do agree with this think locally, act locally yeah. approach. The global thing has not worked for me. No, It causes me stress and anxiety. And I start to believe some of the, you know, the messaging that is coming my way, even subconsciously, we're being constantly bombarded with messaging and, you know, in from trying to sway our, it's like that old Roddy Piper movie where he put the glasses on and you can see the aliens, you know, I mean, it's just a constant influx of mind altering sure. information. And I so think it's a double edged sword. I try to, I try to like. It's like the gym, man. The gym is just a small community of people, mm -hmm. friends. You know, you don't have to be best friends. You don't even have to socialize. But when you're inside the doors of the dojo, there is a certain level of respect that's expected. And if it's not given, then the, the community takes care of it. It's funny right? you say that because I always tell my coaches, you know, that as coaches, you know, I tell them, I have to remind them, people come in there to put the world away for a while. Mm -hmm. And just work on themselves yeah. and, and, and do what they need to do. De-stress, center themselves, build themselves up, whatever happens to be. Like they just, you put the world away for a while. Yeah. And so part of the reason I tell them is that I was like, don't bring your shit in the door. And then, <laughs> right. and then lay it on your students. Lay it on your students, right? Like, right. so they're here for reasons. They're here trying to put that away for yeah. a while. And I think that's important. Um, I don't think you want to be ignorant to what's going on in the world. Sure. No, I, you I want to know. The, the, the one thing the internet's done for us, it's allowed us to be, more educated, mm -hmm. but I think we got dumber at the same time. Right. You know, because, you know, of all of everything coming in, it's like, it's kind of like this weird dichotomy. Like, you know, we're, we're more educated than we ever have been, but I think we're more ignorant because we've gotten away from these core values and beliefs that Chris has been talking about. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's the beauty of our, let's go full circle right where we started. That's probably the biggest thing that I got out of the military. It solidified core values. And I knew the person next to me had the exact same training and they lived by the same core values, at least while they, they were on duty, they did. Mm -hmm. And for me in the Navy, that would be honor, courage, and commitment. I still live by these core values because that's what was issued to me and they didn't mm -hmm. take them back when I got out. So they're still belong to me. Mm -hmm. sure. Air Force has great, you you texted some of them the, earlier this week. Yeah. And I, we had a lot of fun with that over text message. So that was great. Yeah, well, Thank you, you for making me laugh. Yeah, well, these guys don't know. We were like, what are we going to talk about? And just being a smart ass, I texted the Air Force <laughs> core values. And mm -hmm. like, Chris was like, that's great. I was like, I was just joking. But And then <laughs> but off we went, real. right? Yeah, <laughs> then we went off from there. Yeah. But I think what really want to do is accountability. And I would say accountability, you can't change who's policing who and who's you, you think this person should be locked up because they did something. Hey, that's great. I, I probably agree with you. But right now I'm worried about me mm -hmm. and my family right. and my community and those that uh, look to me for various things mm -hmm. uh, to provide for them or to uh, words of encouragement. Them, whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so whatever good we're doing in the community, just stick locally, stick to your core values that you were brought up under. Be true to yourself and don't let all those outside influences, mm -hmm. which according to the book that I've got at the house called the um, battlefield America, I recommend this book. I didn't bring it today, but it's called battlefield America, the war against the American people. You should read that book. Uh, it speaks highly of this police state and surveillance state mm -hmm. and, and a lot of stuff that we're seeing these cameras everywhere. I mean, you, we, we picked on London for years about being that kind of city. And then lo and behold, less than 20 years later, we kind of come to the same place. Yeah. But uh, you, you want to get wrapped up in all the things out there that drive you crazy. Well, that's exactly what they want to drive you crazy. So don't live your life in fear. Be content and happy with the privileges and rights that we have as Americans. Mm -hmm. Put your faith in I put mine in the Lord, but you put them in where you have confidence and trust, but don't be putting your faith into things that you can't trust because mm -hmm. then you're going to get burned. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. can say that about bosses. We could say that about countries. We could say that about, you know, yeah. brothers and sisters. Either way, that's just the way I try to do to keep sane in this world. And you said if we get too macro, it starts to stress you out and it, you get ang anxious and anxiety. Does mean, well, guess what that is? That's just a precursor to other health conditions. Mm -hmm. So if you're in bad health, you might be sweating the small stuff too much. 
Yeah. And but small stuff and is the, the stuff macro stuff. Out of your control. The big stuff is the things that's in your house, that's in your town, that's mm-hmm. in your yeah. in your, your, at your work. Your, in your in right. your at your work. Those are the things that directly impact you. Here's a great example before we go. Man, my phone rang off the hook when people are calling me crazy. Chris, Chris, they said in Washington that they're gonna knock on everybody's door to see if they got this vaccine. And they're all freaking out. I had multiple calls about this. And I said, Hey. Have they showed up at your door yet? Well, no. Have you seen them in your neighborhood yet? No. Then it's all bullcrap. Until it's a reality, it's just words, and that's to create fear in you, and yep. you cannot let them do that to you. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Because it will shorten your life, and yep. you won't have the quality of life that you want because you're letting other people influence the way you think. And so be an independent thinker. Yeah. Be a um, maverick. That's why I love yeah. UNO. The Mavericks. Mm-hmm. What's the definition of a maverick? Independent thinker. I don't care what the 8,500 messages that hit my brain every day from the marketing and cell phones and commercials and radio and blah, blah, blah. It's just we're inundated with people mm-hmm. telling us how to think. Yeah. Throw it all out. I don't I don't really even watch television anymore. You know, I mean, certainly not news. I don't know. <laughs> news what, news. I don't even know What's where that? to get information. <laughs> you know, to yeah. some degree, I don't know where to get information because I cannot watch anything that's you know, telling me that it knows what's best for me. Let me ask one question. (laughs) I'm going to ask one question here. And I've been asking this question for five years Mm -hmm. in my safety classes. Who in this class can tell me where I can go for truth? Not one person in five years has tried to answer that question. Where can I go for truth? Think about that. Are you talking about other than like the Bible, if you are a believer, or are you talking about? I, I'm a I'm a believer, right? And I know that this is truth. Mm-hmm. But other than here, no one wants to say this in class, by I the way, because true. they're at that's work. True. Yeah. They don't want to talk about Bible or God <laughs> okay. at work. Can't do that. Right. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. But other than this, where's where do I go for truth? I think part of the, part of the uh, rub there, Chris, is that the definition of truth has come under fire. Like what, what even is truth mm-hmm. at this point? And, and, you know, I'll go, go back to everything you said, you know, when I was growing up, I was a cradle Catholic growing up. And one of the big things was, you know, God helps those who helps themselves. And to me, that's just accountability and responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if there's one truth that, you know, is that, okay, I took re- everything I've, where I'm at at this point is everything I've done all the decisions I've made or didn't make. Mm-hmm. Right. Good or bad. Like that, right. that, is, that is one truth that, you know, you can sit there and piss them on, oh, this and that and this circumstance and that's No, no, everything is my own doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's my responsibility, my accountability. And I think if more people did that, right, more people did that, we, we'd be less stressed. Yeah. We, we, we'd be better off. We, we'd know our own personal truth if nothing else, right? Mm-hmm. So when you say, where do you go for truth? I look in the mirror. That's the reality. That's, that's of the truth. only truth that is certain, right. right? Is that okay? I am where I'm at because everything I've done or didn't do, the decisions I make or didn't make, yeah, the stupid money I <laughs> when I blew money on dumb shit, right? That's yeah. everything. No one made me do anything, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's something that we've gotten away from. It's like remind yourself, nobody made you do anything. Mm-hmm. Not in this country. No one made you do anything. That was a long way to get to accountability. You could argue, you could argue about the vaccine, right? We were kind of made to do that. But I I guess my point is like, like when you talk truth, you know, the man in the mirror, Michael Jackson wrote a song about it, right? I think it's a great song, but it is. Look at the person in the mirror, and that's that's one truth that you know. Like you know if you're lying to yourself. Oh yeah. You may not admit yeah. it, but you know if you're lying to yourself. You know, did I give it an honest effort? You know, okay, that was my fault. That was a hundred percent my fault, but I'm not going to admit it. Right. I'm going to try to push the blame off and I, and I think you yeah, know that's that's, that's a that's a one driving truth we that's often have. painful and people don't want to yeah. admit to that they're you know, they would like, rather blame someone as else as a coach and a trainer people would always tell man Aaron, that was, you don't you don't you're kind of mean i go what <laughs> cuz someone goes oh i gained some weight i go stop eating shit right? <laughs> right well you don't need to say it like that but again it's yeah. it's truth right it's like i didn't make you eat it i didn't make you do this right. or yeah. you know the boss didn't make you show up late or, you know, right. I didn't make you not study for the exam. Right. Like take, take some accountability, find, you know, find your personal truth. And, and I'm willing to bet that will now start to correct your path. Yeah. Really quick. Yeah. 
really, really quick. Well, you we, we said that we wanted accountability to be the focus mm-hmm. of kind of what we talked about today. And, and I think there. you just wrapped it all up right there. That was all about there. accountability, especially personal accountability. Mm-hmm. So, and I think everybody's taking we wanted care to talk of their about business. It. You just did it. Things are going to improve, right? Yeah. I mean, if people are taking care of their business and honestly, truthfully, good and bad, accepting. So, what do you have you know? planned for the fourth, Doc? You asked us last year. We're going to ask uh, you. Yeah, you uh, and Chuck so, and Bourbon in a basement again. Uh, probably the, the fourth is a Tuesday. <laughs> yes, right. Chuck's still around. Chuck is still around, dude. I've got two dogs now, so. Not only is Chuck at my house, but my mother's dog, we have our, my mother's dog now. She is living in a facility where she's not allowed to have a dog. And so her 15-year-old dog, Gracie, How do they get along? my house. Um, Chuck just mopes around like his world <laughs> has come to an end. And Gracie just loves on him and tries to, you know, mother him and take care of him. He just sulks and goes to the closet. Yeah. You know, so not, not, not great. You know, Chuck had it great for 10 years. Yeah. He was the only. Now he's second fiddle. Now he's second fiddling, you know. <laughs> or at least an, another fiddle. Another <laughs> yeah, fiddle. He's, yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, he's another. We Now, now we have an orchestra, so. Right. What are you doing, Aaron? You know, I don't know. Uh, I've, uh, I, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I, got, I got Monday off, so I'm to chill. You know, everybody's you know, like, what are you doing your day off? I'm like, catch up on life. Mm-hmm. I find myself saying that a lot, catch yeah. up on life. Yeah. I get so busy doing things. I'm kind of in a big transition right now. Um, I didn't renew my contract at UNO, so I'm not teaching anymore. Okay. Wednesday was my last day. Oh. Was it? Um, well, congratulations yeah, good on a good you, run man. there, though. Yeah, you know, Great it, run you, there. you know, it was one of the, you just people ask why are you leave. I'm like, well, we just couldn't agree on a contract. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> there you go. And then I'm actually um, this is my mandatory retirement year for the military. Oh, so I've actually fulfilled my fiscal year requirement, so I could pull the plug. Wow. Now, if like I wanted terminal to leave, just take terminal leave. I don't even have that as a reserve. So I don't even have that. Oh, sure. It's just I'm done, done, or I, done. Can, I can do another year potentially if I want to. So I've got that retirement counseling appointment coming up to decide oh, if I want to. Good luck with it. So I'm kind of in this yeah. transition yeah. phase right now. Um, we're doing the but kids. That, the kids and I are going on vacation on Friday for a week. Oh, nice. So I'm probably we're probably laying low this week uh, yeah. with mm-hmm. the fourth. We'll do some fireworks, but we're we're going on vacation. Next Friday, I meet my brother and some friends. We rent a house on the beach and just chill oh, for a week. Nice. Um, That'd be we, great. we all pitch in. All the families show up, so it's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. Good well, that's you. great. You get to get away well, from man, everything we just talked about. Yeah. Go but to I the mean, beach, you man. Are, Let you're, it go. You're walking through the door right now. I mean, if all of those things are changing, you know. No yeah, I'm closing too, a few doors at the moment. Closing yeah, a few. Yeah, and all, man, but always doors are always opening, man. There, there are. And There's I tell myself, people are like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, for the first time in my life, I'm like, technically at this moment, I'm unemployed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that this, feels weird, don't it? It does. It's like, it what am I going to do? As a self-employed guy, yeah. you are unemployed. I yeah. totally get it. So it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, well, great. How about you? Man, I've been so busy lately. Uh, Doug can tell you, I've oh. just been grinding it out. I went on an eight-week run just grinding it out all week work, long. Work, work, work. And so I got two weeks off. This was the first week. And so Good next week, I, I got a lot of catching up. And then we're hitting the road to go do mm-hmm. some more work. Mm-hmm. We're going to get underway and travel over to yeah, we got close to where you're from and do some training over there. And so I'm going to be on the road. So I'm actually just going to unwind. And That's just nice. enjoy a quiet day. What does unwinding look like? Unwinding for me is not going out and uh, pulling weeds in the garden mm-hmm. and, and, and trying to keep up with all my preps. I'm just going to take that day off mm-hmm. and enjoy the Boston Pops on um, TV yeah. that night and the orchestra nice. and the fireworks. But I'm not going anywhere. And last year we did the lake, but this year I just want to stay home because I've been gone so much. Yeah, but so been gone just a little a bit of me time to you know reflect good, on man. the beauty of this country you know, and, and the fact that we yeah, live in it. I like yeah. it. Uh, it's it's I weird. Agree. It's fun. Sometimes it's just fun not to have to. I've been I've been shopping campers lately because and people are like why do you, do you camp? I got look. I just want I just want to I just want to go someplace and shut the world off for a mm-hmm. couple of days. It's mm-hmm. a good way and to do just it. Be off Can the you grid. Rent? Can you rent a camper? I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can I think VRBO that would be a anything start. at this point. I think there was a there's that rent RV or camp RV site because my wife and I have talked about that getting some kind of like even like a van type situation where we can drive somewhere, go to the. We just we were out in Colorado last week visiting one of my sons and had a great time, and we're like, wouldn't it be nice to just be able to pick up, drive somewhere, get off the grid a little bit, relax. Yeah, not too many people, you know. I, I hope like, you get it. 
the most memorable vacation, my boys, when I asked the boys of all the places that you got to go, because dad was out here working and they would fly out to Hawaii or Paris or London. My boys have been a lot of places. And I said, what's your favorite vacation? And they were like, when we lived in the RV at Yellowstone for two weeks. Really? Better than Disney, better than Europe, better than Mexico. Oh, probably 11 and 12. Nice. They loved it. it was well, that's just, in your wheelhouse, man. Yeah, yeah. they loved it. That's and so cool. that's the vacation they talk about the most, the RV time at Yellowstone. That's awesome. awesome. So, yeah, I hope you get it, man. Awesome. It's some memories that's going to happen there that no yeah. one could ever take from that's you. That's right. And they'll always be I yours. might have to pull the trigger on it. And this country I just is, talked him into it. <laughs> this country is so beautiful, though, too, man. If you yeah. take the time to see it yeah. instead of just putting your head down and barreling down Interstate 80 or something, if you actually take the time to get off that interstate yeah and see those small towns and communities i i personally love that i find that very enjoyable i hope y'all have a great like fourth it. man yeah you just too, be quiet for me you too fellas i appreciate you you know i love you and i appreciate your coming on and spending the fourth of july episode yeah. with me we'll do this again next year we'll catch up on that rv transition <laughs> yeah we want to hear all about that hopefully might, we don't yeah. burn ourselves out oh. humping these other gigs but I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday. Spend time with friends and family. Appreciate what you've got. And, uh, you know, think about what we discussed today. This accountability piece is such an important part. So. Service, too. Service yeah. to yes. each other. And service. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Service to each other. Remember yeah. remember why you're shooting off those fireworks. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Cam. Sorry you, for Cam. sticking around late, buddy. Just put it on my bill. <laughs> Cam's four in the happy hour right now. That's so he's good. Right. Exactly, man. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoy your holiday. Happy four. Talk to right. you yeah. later. Bye bye. A Huda Media Production.